listening to A Cup of Tea with an Englishman in San Diego, a weekly podcast that covers the news headlines from the world of San Diego Comic-Con and all the stuff and nonsense that goes with it. This is Season 2, Episode 15. It was recorded on the 8th of February, 2015 and co-hosted by Alyssa Franks from the FriendsOfCCI.com forum. It's a cosplay special featuring special guest cosplayers Maya Moore and Angie Viper. This episode is supported by Dark Bunny Tees. Visit darkbunnytees.com for the very best in movie-themed t-shirts and apparel. Hello there, and welcome to An Englishman in San Diego with myself, Leonard Sultana. Um, this is a cup of tea, which is a hangout which we run every week. Uh, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Um, I've been told in several comments that I do ramble on in these introductions, so I'm going to cut to the chase <laughs> and just say, um, if you are watching on Google+, Plus, if you're watching on the Hangout Live, jump in on the Q&A, uh, do jump, interact with us, we would love to hear where you're watching from, and of course, any questions, because I can guarantee this this Hangout is going to be one where you want to ask a number of questions, and also <laughs> really interact with our guests, because I think it's going to be a fascinating one. Um, if you are listening back on uh, SoundCloud or iTunes, we would love it if you could please also comment and subscribe, it really does help us out with getting the word out there about the Hangout and letting more people get involved uh, when it comes to uh, searching on the various platforms. So please do comment and subscribe if you're listening back to this. Speaking of that, if you have been listening back over the last seven days, yes, we do have the competition winners, which we're going to announce very shortly indeed for last week. We were giving away some um, Dark Bunny Tees promo codes. Um, I'd like to once again thank Dark Bunny Tees, uh, which was uh, Alex, who's behind all the designs, uh, if you've not been to darkbunnytees.com, that's D-A-R-K-B-U-N-N-Y-T-W-E-S. Do check that out because the the website is just an, incredible. There's Alex who's behind all the designs, Tim who does all the printing, and Matt who just makes sure that everything goes where it needs to go. Um, and that's worldwide as well, so they're a fantastic bunch. Hopefully we're also going to be having some more t-shirts and stuff to give away as we get closer to um, San Diego Comic-Con 2015. Hopefully Dark Bunny Tees will be uh, involved in that again because they were fantastic. Congratulations to our winners last week. Well, we've got three promo codes that we are going to give away very shortly indeed. However, quick introduction to our guests. Um, first and foremost, we have ourselves our um, my regular partner in crime, which is Alyssa Franks from the <laughs> Friends of CCI.com forum. <laughs> How are you doing, Alyssa? I'm fine, Leonard. How, uh, you're, you're, I'm, I'm going to excuse you from your coughing. You can cover your mic and cough now. I'll talk for you. <laughs> I know, I know. I've been suffering from a chest infection for the last couple of weeks. The chest infection is now gone, but I've now got that cough that just won't quit. It's so annoying. It's, it's so on this annoying. side of the... the um the ocean too and it's it's horrible uh what's happening on the forum these days sure. uh, everybody is getting ready for gen reg um lining up their groups uh we've got a number of press are getting notified um that that just started to roll in um, also found out that the pro people are getting notified All right. and they are 
in their email, it says that they'll get a week's notice before they get to select their guest badges. And apparently, um, we're thinking that the, the, the pros are going to do this before GenReg. So we're thinking that we'll get at least a week's notice before that. That said, there was the, the tease about, um, don't forget, member IDs will be closing soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so get that. Um, the other thing that we've been talking about is that WonderCon seems to have expanded its floor space. Oh, right, okay. Which yeah. will kind, of, kind of explain why the badges haven't sold out, because it's around this time that you'd usually start hearing word that some days are starting to get um, unavailable. So, okay, that makes a bit more sense. I mean, don't know if it's going to go into wider aisles or more vendors, um, you know, how they're going to work it, but that's a good thing. Um, the other thing that's happened was a special edition New York City tickets went on sale this week, and the VIP sold out within a few minutes. Wow. Yeah, well, they're regular that's tickets. Not, that's not exactly uh, unsurprising, to be honest. I thought it would last a day. Uh, Mike, my partner in New York City cons is um, and San Diego, it was thinking an hour and it minutes. <laughs> wow. So that's uh, looking forward to Downton Abbey tonight. <laughs> yes, really. Okay. <laughs> Walking Dead. <laughs> Walking Dead. Oh, well, I'm just gonna say, I mean, when the words "oh, we're looking forward to," you'd think Walking Dead would be the first thing that people would start like. Downton Abbey. Fine. A bunch of brainless zombies wandering around, spouting utter nonsense in a strange, gurgling accent to each other. But enough about Downton Abbey. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad somebody got that. Oh, God. Right. Um, so One more thing is I heard um, about uh, an interview that was done by the guy who does uh, Saul in Better Call Saul, the Breaking Bad spinoff. Sure. And he sounds like a fascinating actor. Um, mm. I'm, I didn't watch... Um, Breaking Bad, but uh, I'm looking forward to watching Better Call Saul tonight also. Oh, um, uh, Odekirk, Bob Odekirk. Yeah. Um, I'd also check out his um, Nerdist.com interview as well. That's very, very cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Excellent stuff. Cool. Um, which kind of leads us on. So there you go. That's all the news um, from the world of Comic-Con from the friends of CCR.com forum. If there's anything that you want us to jump in on on the Q&A, do let us know, and we'll we'll cover that as we uh, go from uh, the the questions that you put forward. However, we've got some guests um, now. Usually, we would have the opportunity to kind of talk to each other uh, before we actually go live, um, but we had a couple of technical hiccups, which means this is the first time I'm really speaking to them. Um, <laughs> it's it's good to so like say hi and introduce myself. So first and foremost, let's go from left to right on my screen. Uh, we've got Angie Viper. Hello, Angie. How are you? Hello. I'm uh, pretty okay. <laughs> earlier than usual on a Saturday mo- or Sunday morning, but you know, ready for the day. <laughs> where, where, where are you based? Uh, California. All right. Okay. So, so when it's it comes 10 a.m. for you. Yeah. 10 a.m. Yeah. So when I'm it comes really to late. so when it comes to going to San Diego, it's what just down the coast. It's pretty close for you. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's a couple hours drive, so not necessarily one of the conventions that I can like 
stay at home and drive down every day. But um, I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get off work a little early on Wednesday afternoon and pack up and then, you know, like 7 a.m. Thursday morning, drive down to San Diego and just hit it hard. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, we're obviously going to talk about um, uh, your, sort of like your history with uh, cosplay because that's what we're talking about primarily on this hangout. But um, we'll come back to you after I've spoken very quickly to Mia Moore. Hello, Mia. Hello. Good morning. Is it Mia or Maya? Mia. I, I, was, I was never. I wasn't quite sure, so I wanted to kind of um, clarify that. So yeah, excellent. Yeah. Um, so, uh, where are you based? Are you I'm in... based in Texas, so it is noon right now. All right, so you do make the journey to uh, San Diego, uh, but then again, um, it's something we're going to be talking about is it's not obviously. I mean, this is a, a San Diego Comic Con themed hangout, but obviously, there's a number of cons that um, the pair of you do go to. So um, obviously, uh, it's a open table. So just jump in with any comments, and uh, we'll try and sort of like bounce between the pair of you when it comes to uh, asking you questions. Um, so, yeah, this is all about cosplay on this particular Hangout. If there's any questions that you want to ask on the Q&A, if there's anything that you would like to know about getting into cosplay, if there's any um, questions that you have for our guests, Angie and uh, Mia, please do jump in and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Um, first and foremost, I suppose the question is um, how you got into cosplay, really. Um, we'll start with Angie. Um, what was, what's your history with it? I mean, how long ago? how long have you been cosplaying? Um, I started cosplaying when I was in high school, junior high. Um, it was the early 2000s. Cosplay was kind of just coming into, um, like, like anime and, you know, younger people cosplaying was starting to become really popular because it was becoming so popular in Japan. Um, and anime was, like, becoming really big and everybody was like, what are those my favorite anime characters? Blah, 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 cosplay. And I was like, what is this thing? Um, and I was really, really into um, anime and manga when I was in high school. Like, I ran my own anime club and, like, rented out manga from my collection. And, like, I was, like, the go-to girl <laughs> for anime and manga. Let me just tell you. <laughs> um, cool. And because I was so into it, you know, I was looking for pictures of my favorite characters online and stuff, and I would come across cosplay photos from conventions, and I'm like, wow, what is this? Like, this is amazing what people are capable of doing, you know, creating these costumes and and bringing these characters to life, and I wanted to be a part of it. So uh, back in the day, I did maybe, like, three costumes at that time with my mom. I feel like everybody froze, and I don't know no, what's no, happening. No, 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 keep... Sorry, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll keep waving. <laughs> it's cool. I keep talking anyway. Um, <laughs> so my mom helped me make my first couple of costumes, and I went to our local convention, which was basically a combination of sci-fi, fantasy, anime, manga, comic books, role-playing, uh, uh, reenactments. Like, everything was covered by this convention, and it was tiny. It was in the gymnasium of the community college. But it was all I had. And I thought it was the most amazing thing that had ever happened in my entire life. And um, it, I would go to... Was it something you got into on your own, really? Or was there a number of you um, that kind of, like, bonded together? 
it really was mostly me, honestly. Um, at the time, I didn't really, I convinced my boyfriend at the time to go with me and to cosplay with me. My sister went once because she was curious. Um, but for the most part, you know, my friends were very reserved and, and weren't really excited about the idea of dressing up in public and, like, going to this big area with lots of people. And they were like, no, I mean, you go. It's cool. We'll just stay home. And I was like, whatever. This sounds amazing. I'm going. Um, so it was, you know, it was typically me and whoever I was dating that year would go to the <laughs> kids together. And I would be like, we're dressing up as this. And he's like, all right, high school girl. And we would go to the convention. <laughs> um, and then I, I went away to college and, you know, in college you don't have a lot of money. I didn't have a lot of time. I was in upstate New York and there were no conventions in upstate New York and it just kind of fell by the wayside. And I was like, you know what? I don't have time for this right now. I'm going to focus on my studies, whatever. Um, and when I graduated and I moved out here to California, I ended up unfortunately losing my job a few years ago and I was unemployed for about three years. And I got to a point during those three years where I was the lowest that I've ever been. And I was depressed and I was miserable. I had no faith in myself. I was just so unhappy. And a friend of mine was like, you need to do something that's going to get you out of bed in the mornings. It was like, you, you need to find something that's going to inspire you to push your life forward and get out of this. Wow. And I was like, well, I mean, the only thing that's ever really made me feel creative was you know, cosplay and, and working on costumes and stuff. And he was like, great, let's go buy you some fabric. Make a freaking costume. I don't care what it is. And at the time, a couple friends of mine who make uh, music videos on YouTube approached me and were like, we want to do a Princess Peach video. Would you be interested in being in it? Because we know you sing. And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. So I made the Princess Peach costume and was like, oh, I've missed this so much. And while I was working on that, you know, it was getting me out of bed in the morning and I was inspired and I was applying for more jobs and I was getting dressed every day and like washing my hair. And I was like, wow, this is amazing and ended up getting a new job. And was like, this is great. This is turning my life completely around because I have this positive influence in my life again. Well, I mean, um, that's something that I ended up going to, to conventions and it just it, it all fell into place from there. <laughs> It, it, it sounded like it, and it sounded pretty quickly, uh, came together pretty quickly as well. Obviously, I do want to talk about how um, coming, uh, turning a, a hobby and a, an interest of yours into kind of like a career. Um, uh, or we'll come back to that uh, as well, because it's something I do want to, I find fascinating. Uh, but let's go to uh, Mia, because uh, uh, he's been listening in on um, Angie's story. Uh, was I mean, where, what was your uh, introduction into cosplay? Was it very similar? Was it something that uh, you did as a, a, on your own as a solo thing, or were you kind of part of a group that got involved? Um, well, I started going to conventions when I was 14, and I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. This is like I was on the internet, and I was really into like weird internet hobbies already, but I hadn't ever met people in real life that had the same interests as me. So to go to a convention, an anime convention, and see all these people dressed up like these characters that none of my friends knew who they were, like, it was the coolest thing to a 14-year-old. And I didn't start cosplaying immediately because I just assumed that I wasn't good enough to do it. Um, I assumed I was too chubby or not pretty enough or not good enough at sewing or if you bought a costume, it was cheating. Like, I had all these assumptions about cosplay that I found out um, a lot later, as I kept going to conventions, just weren't true at all. 
Um, mm. But in the beginning days, I think, you know, not everybody was doing it. It was it was kind of something that seemed like it was not accessible. So I started going to conventions when I was 14. I don't think I really started cosplaying until I was 19 or 20. So that's a really long time to go to conventions pretty regularly and just kind of observe. Um, I just, I guess I wasn't sure that I would fit in or whatever. But as soon as I like started making friends with these people that cosplay, they were like, no, you should do it. Like, it doesn't matter if it's good or not. It just matters if you have fun. And my first couple costumes were a hot mess, but I had so much fun in them that I just kept doing it. And, you know, similar to Angie, um, I've had periods where I, you know, I have like these low periods and it feels really terrible and cons are always such a great like release from real life. You get to have a weekend where you're not thinking about work or school or whatever stressors and being in costume is even kind of an extension of that for me because I get to pretend I'm this awesome character who is I've costumed because... that sense of distance. Yeah. yeah. And like, you know, if so-and-so can get through some dun- dungeon or some like real issue, then surely I can get through this fog that my brain is having. And if they're awesome and I can dress up like them, maybe I can be awesome too. So there's just a lot of like self-esteem stuff that goes into it. And I've actually written an article on it before. I think the where it comes from is you have something to show for your day instead of just waking up and kind of wandering through. And then at the end of the day, you go to bed and you're like, what did I accomplish today? If you make a costume, it's like this tangible like, oh, yeah, I did something. It's pretty cool. It, you know, some people might not get it, but that's okay because I did something with my day. So I totally get it. Like, it makes so much sense. Sure. I mean, the one thing I have noticed as well when it comes to uh, cosplay and the cosplay community, I mean, you were talking about um, that you were making friends with people that cosplay. That it is a very strong community. Excuse me. <clears throat> there is a very strong community amongst cosplayers that they there's kind of like, uh, we've got your back. You know, and not only that, but it doesn't matter where you are in kind of like whether you just this is your first year or whether you've been doing this for uh, some time. I mean, do, do, is that what the pair of you feel? Is there a sense of that that there is yeah, that absolutely. kind of that bond? Or I, I mean, or is there is there some kind of? I mean, I'm 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 curious about this stuff because I was curious if there's kind of like an anime clique or if there's like little groups that subset. I, I would say that there's. There's some exceptions. I mean, as as with anything, we are all people. We're all human beings, you know. And and there's some good people in the community, and there's some not so good people in the community, you know. And there's some people that are in it for themselves, but predominantly, the people that are in the community are are in the community, you know. And they, it really is a group of people, like-minded people, who are all looking out for each other. I would definitely agree that I feel like. Um, Fandoms kind of stick together. Um, so if you're predominantly an anime cosplayer, then, you know, a, someone who's predominantly a comic book cosplayer, if they really saw you in trouble, absolutely would jump in. But probably you're going to be a little less likely to come to your defense than a fellow anime cosplayer. Because right. there's just, there's, there's different mindsets and there's, it's all different kind of people. You know, but that again isn't to say that if somebody were really in trouble and really needed someone, those boundaries all disappear, and everybody is just... We're, we're all just cosplayers. We're all just freaks in costumes hanging out at every weekend. I mean, something you, you're saying there, and it's I, I wanted to kind of lead into it a little bit later on in the conversation, because it is, it is a big part of the topic, which is the in trouble. Um... Because there is obviously a, a, a lot, a, a lot of um, attention and a lot of pressure 
from people who don't cosplay and don't perhaps understand uh, the community and why people cosplay, um, the, the choice of um, costumes. We'll cover that shortly because I think it's a, an important uh, conversation. I mean, do you feel that there are any kind of like faux pas of people who don't understand what uh, cosplay really is all about that they do make? I mean, for example, I was thinking about this when I was writing out some questions. I mean, do you make costumes... Do you make outfits? I mean, what's the terms that you use? I mean, or is there kind of this is cosplay? I mean, I don't know what the kind of like the the the, the terminology is. I've never really thought about it that way. I actually, um, and I only came across this because I blog about cosplay, so I had to like make my own style guide for it. But I talk about cosplay as a hobby and as a verb. But if I'm talking about my costumes, I always say costumes because to me that's a noun, but that's like a personal semantic thing. I don't know. Yeah. I know people who use it as a noun too, but it sounds weird to me to say like, oh yeah, I'm working on my cosplay instead of my costume. Or I could yeah. say I'm working or I'm cosplaying. Like that makes more sense to me. But the biggest misconception I think I noticed with people who don't cosplay is um, they don't get the reasons for it. So like we were talking earlier about the support in the community. Um, even if, you know, somebody has a costume that's objectively not great. And it depends on what metric you're measuring because I really don't think there is such a thing. Like, what's the purpose for them? their costume? It's going to be different than my purpose for costuming. Like, But still, like, if you don't like someone else's costume, even if they're doing whatever, you're still going to support them. And if people are knocking them down for some reason, especially, like, online, if they're saying something mean, whatever, you know, I think other cosplayers get the work that went into it, and we're not going to let that happen. We're going to say, hey, that's not nice, whatever. Like, I just ran into an example where um, there was a group cosplay posted, and the woman who posted it has a lot of fans, and they a lot of the comments were like, oh, well, your costume's the best out of all of them. The other people are ugly, and you're pretty. And she's like, hey, don't say that. Like, these are my friends. I'm costuming with my friends. Like, it makes no sense for you to compare us. But I think other cosplayers... Um, because we've been there, because we know the effort put in, even if you don't like the other person's costume or their interpretation or whatever you may not like, we respect <coughs> it. And I think that's something that if you haven't done it, you don't know the amount of work and effort and like even courage, depending on your self-esteem or what kind of costuming it is. Like, There's so much that goes into making a costume and wearing it and putting yourself out there that um, I just I feel like it doesn't make sense for another cosplayer to put somebody down. But no. the people that do it tend to just not understand it. I, I, I mean, the, when I have uh, been, uh, say when I've attended uh, masquerades or attended um, uh, competitions for uh, cosplay, a number of the cons I've been to, I've noticed that there's a lot of support in the audience. And then there's one or two that are just not quite sure how to, you know, what to, to say or to do or to kind of like... Um, to process what uh, what they what they're saying, I understand that. Um, we've got somebody in the corner here um, who's taking on Alyssa's uh, page. Hello, um, we've got Lewis, um, <laughs> who is um, Alyssa's son. Hello, Lewis. How are you? Hi. Uh, good. Excellent. Lewis yeah. is not entirely sure what to say or do at this point, which is perfectly fine. But the reason why I wanted uh, Lewis to uh, take part is because. Um, you uh, cosplayed for the first time uh, this year, didn't you? You went to New York Comic Con. Yeah, yeah, New what, York. What did What did you dress as? Uh, a thing from a thing. Uh, Assassin's <laughs> Creed. <laughs> you know, if you're gonna talk. You can just leave. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there may be some prodding from the side here. Is uh, is like just nudge, just nudge him. No, that's fine. Um, I mean, how long did it take you to? I mean. 
obviously it's um it was a character or something that you wanted to um to uh, uh cosplay as i mean how long did it take you to uh to to put together oh um a while um yeah it's and i feel kind of bad about it i i have no like artistic talent so what i ended up doing was buying stuff yeah um, That's still a talent, by the way. Like, being able to seek out pieces that you can put together to make a costume out of is way harder than people expect. Mm. That's what literally all of my first costumes were stuff that I found at thrift stores, and then I just altered them to fit the character. Like, yeah. most of my first costumes. Oh, and then like, I, my, some of my but, most, like, popular or, like, well-received costumes are costumes that I feel like I did not put enough effort into for people to like them that much. So it still counts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, when you put the uh, the costume together, obviously, I mean, did, how, how many days out of the con did you uh, cosplay, or did you just go, it's my first time, I'm going to take this steady, I'll do one day, and then I'll, I mean, what, did you cosplay for the, the duration, or what, what did you do? I did, um, one day, I think, two, one and a half-ish. <laughs> <laughs> Were you there? I'm not sure you remember any of this. <laughs> It sounds like a blur. It yeah. just sounds like you kind of. <laughs> what was what was your re, um, what was the reaction you got from um, people you met? I mean, did um, they? Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, it's yeah, it was great. They're very supportive. Uh, do, do you get people stopping you, asking for photos, that kind of thing? A couple people, yeah. Excellent. Not a whole lot. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, I think the. the Oh, go I'm going to pop in here for a second and say that there was a lot of absolutely fabulous costumes at New York Con. It was oh, yeah. on the scale yeah, of was... San Diego. Um, so, and and this was his first costume. Absolutely. So. I mean, that's the, uh, the the question then. I mean, was it something that you enjoyed enough to go and to do again? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll probably do it um, whatever the next con I'm going to. And well, there you go. You, you've caught the bug, mate. <laughs> I, I mean, I'd like to jump in here on okay. on what was just said about photos. Because I, I feel like the community has kind of moved, and this is one of my personal issues, um, but I feel like the community has moved in recent years in this direction of if a lot of people don't ask for your photo, you've failed. And I, I hate that philosophy. I hate thinking that way, and I, I hate rating the idea of rating your experience at a convention on how many people asked for your photo. Because ultimately, cosplay is supposed to be about representing a, a community and a, some kind of fandom that you love and a character that you love and that you connect with and having fun by yourself or with your friends. It shouldn't be about how many people asked for your photos, how many likes did you get afterwards, how many followers did you get afterwards, you know, did people know your name, how many business cards did you give out. It should be about how much fun did you have. If you had fun, you had a successful convention. If two people asked for your photo, whatever, awesome. I went to a convention a few years ago, and I dressed as this character, Chocolate Misu, from this manga Sorcerer Hunters that I was really into in the 90s. Nobody knew who I was. There were two <laughs> people who asked for my photo. And those two people lost their damn minds. They were like, holy shit, I have never seen anyone cosplay chocolate. I loved this series so much. Thank you so much. And, like, the the amount of, like, 
love and fandom and excitement I got from those two people was like, it was one of my favorite dates at a convention that I've ever had. And it was literally only those two people that took my photo. I did not care. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I I should have uh, qualified what I was saying. I wasn't asking... Um, whether he felt it was um, no, no, I'm not. I apologize. I didn't mean that as an attack to you or anything. <laughs> I just, I, our, our friend Lewis seemed a little bummed that not a lot of people asked for his photo, and I wanted yeah, to let Lewis know that does not mean that you had a bad convention. I bet you rocked. I would love to see a photo of you because <laughs> Assassin's Creed is awesome. Well, yeah. that's just that's just come up on the Q and A. Actually, uh, Betsy has turned around and said. Um, on possibly on the friends of CCI or even in the um, the comments of the uh, the event on the Google Plus event page, can you please post pictures of your first cosplay so we can see it? I'm sure we'll get that sorted. <laughs> and, well, but that's a common misconception too: is that how much attention you get in your costume equals how successful it is. Yeah. And that's just yeah, I agree. It's totally not true. Um, Especially because you can't compare one costume to another. Like, if I cosplay Daenerys, who's, like, one of the main characters of a series that's extremely popular, of course I'm going to get more photos taken because there's just more fans of that series versus an obscure manga character that for something that's not even currently airing. I mean, if I ranked it by that, then I would not be cosplaying characters that I really, truly love but aren't as popular. Sure. So, yeah. Um, I've just actually had um, one of our regular... Um, uh, viewers, it's Michael who uh, Alyssa was referring to earlier has actually tweeted a picture um, of Lewis in cosplay I'm just going to uh, post that under SDCC on the Twitter uh, using the hashtag uh, which I've got down below uh, SDCC. if you want to have a look it, you've done an absolutely cracking job on, on there you, it, you just, it really does look very impressive I mean I could see uh, Angie straight away to Twitter Ah, oh, yes. No. We're going to check this out. Yeah, I mean, by all means, uh, jump in and uh, uh, let us know uh, what you think. Okay. So, uh, very quickly to um, wrap up uh, with Lewis. I mean... You look amazing! What? Yes, I love it! <laughs> Thank you. There you go. So, I mean, is it something... Obviously, you say that you're going to be willing to do it again. Is there... Um, would it be Assassin's Creed again, or do you think you have any ideas of something that you'd do in future? I really have no idea. I kind of don't really have plans for anything. Just kind of make stuff up as I go. Fair enough. Well, thank you very, well, thank you very much indeed for sharing your time. Um, and thanks for uh, sharing your, the, what, you, what your experience was at New York. Thank you very much indeed, Lewis. All right. Thank um, you. Well, I mean, uh, that's, uh, I'll bounce it back to, um, to Mia and Angie then. I mean, what's kind of, what's your lead up time to a, a, a costume? What kind of, I mean, between thinking of what you're wanting to do to kind of getting it complete, what kind of, I mean, are we looking at weeks, months? I mean, I uh, certainly I attempt to plan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually, I've been posting a list um, since last year. I did this last year and I did it this year um, of, like, my plans for the year so that I can attempt to plan out a little more. Um, and that way... I noticed that I was doing a lot of little costume projects that were easier to put together because I am still kind of a newbie at this and, you know, it's less intimidating to put clothes together instead of sewing stuff, which I'm not great at, or working with new materials or whatever. But I wasn't getting any of my, like, dream costumes out of the way because they would take longer. So I made a list last year and I accomplished almost all of them and then I did the same this year and it was 
super embarrassing to have to post on my blog like, yeah, you saw two of these costumes last year. They didn't get done, so I'm definitely going to do them this year. But um, a lot of times stuff just comes up last minute or like a month out. Someone will be like, oh, I have this really great idea. I just saw this in the Game of Thrones costuming group. I thought it was amazing. They're going to do a Game of Thrones Mean Girls crossover at WonderCon, I think. And it's like a month out till the con or something. So like... I would totally join in on that if I was going to WonderCon. I'd be like, oh, screw this hard costume. Let me do this fun one. So (laughs) it's hard to say. Like, if it's a hard one, I try to plan it out so that I can budget and learn to work with new materials and whatever other stuff. But a lot of times it ends up being like, oh, can I order this wig? I have a week until the con. A lot of my stuff is like, oh, it's a week till the con. What new costume can I make? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that sounds familiar because I also follow – I'm going to forget her name now – Former girlfriend of um, the nurse. Chloe Dykstra. Chloe Dykstra. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Skydart on the Twitter. Um, yeah, when I've heard her talking about cosplay, and when she used to do um, a, a web series called Just Cos uh, on YouTube, she was saying, oh, yeah, I've got um, a, a con in a week's time. I bet I get on with that now. <laughs> <laughs> there I'm Even thinking, if I plan it out, it's like I don't really... I'm the kind of person that waits till the last minute for everything because I only can get myself to do productive work if I have some kind of like time pressure. So I, I see all these people working out on costumes like six months to the con and I'm like, well, I maybe I've bought some materials or have a wig, but I still have like hours worth of work to go. I'm sure it'll get done. Like, <laughs> It's when you're actually um, sewing and stitching in the car. And so, like, outside. Then you know that you really... That, that's when you're getting to the wire. That's when you're really cutting it close. Or okay. you consider bringing your sewing machine to the con. I was, like, hand-sewing in the car on the drive to San Diego on my, my first year that I went. I was like, my bodysuit's not done. You drive. <laughs> going in the I haven't done that yet, but I've been really close. Like, there's been a couple things I've done in the car ride, or... I always leave wigs till the hotel if they're not, like, hard, because I, I'm i going to squish them on the transit anyway, so I'm like, oh, I'll just put it off, but then it ends up taking longer than expected. I mean, I try to do stuff ahead of time, but I know so many people that it's just, like, Friday night at the con, I'm going to be sewing, and I'm going to bring my sewing machine, and I'll get it done by Saturday, but Friday night, that's I'm going to sew. Fair enough. Uh, well, I mean, that's something that's um, – I mean, is there any questions that are list- – I've got a, a bunch of questions I want to ask. <laughs> <laughs> How do you find groups to, to hang with? Because one of the things I saw at New York Con, and you see Lewis's picture with the, the Assassin's Creed, I saw this group of 10 Assassin's Creed people, and they all got together, and they were marching through the hall, and it was amazing. I just... Absolutely fabulous. How do you find those groups of people? Uh, you know, on the message boards and hook up and and because uh, I, I, I know, know. I know there are a lot of um, like like forums and things like cosplay.com and whatever. A bunch of websites will have like you know people will post in the forum. Hey, I'm trying to get this big group together. You know, is anybody interested in joining? Blah blah blah. Um, mm-hmm. For me, I've I've never been in a group that big, um, but every group that I've ever done, it's been my friends, and it's either a friend of mine comes to me and is like, hey, my friends are trying to get you know some people together to do this group, are you interested? And I'm like, only if I can be Elsa, 
Um, <laughs> and I'm like, guys, I really want to get a group together. Like when Frozen was coming out, and I was like, guys, I'm doing Elsa, and I'm wearing it to the premiere. I'd like to have a whole group of people. My friend is going to be Hans. He doesn't have a choice. I need somebody <laughs> Anna. I need an Olaf. If someone wants to be Kristoff, awesome. And just like found a bunch of friends that were interested in doing it and gathered them all together and was like, great, get started. <laughs> or I'm a crazy, insane, like, psycho freak. I have to be in control of everything. Um, so, like, our Sailor Scout group that I just did with a bunch of friends, I was like, um, I want to do a group of the Outer Scouts. I love you guys, but I don't trust any of you to make the costumes look uniform, so I'm just going to make everything. <laughs> oh, my God. I need a friend like you. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'd say it's been really similar for me and my experience. It's either been, um, well, sometimes I do a lot of like cosplay on my own just because a lot of my friends, we don't have the same, um, interests in common. Uh, like a lot of them we met because we love Pokemon like way back in the day. And now it's like, we don't cosplay that anymore. We all have kind of diverged. Um, but that's okay. And I still hang out with lots of people that don't cosplay the same stuff. Um, and that's fine with me. Sometimes you can meet them at the con. Like, I know if you're doing a big series, it's still popular. Like, Sailor Moon is a great example because it, it was, it's been popular and now it's rebooting. So everybody's cosplaying it, which is great. And I love Sailor Moon. So I'm totally down for that. But every con I go to has a Sailor Moon photo shoot planned. So if you're planning on making a photo, uh, a costume, even if you don't have any other friends that are doing it and you want to take some pictures with other people, that's a great way to meet people that are interested in the same thing as you. Otherwise, it's just like, hey, I'm making this costume, does anyone else want to join? Or, like, yeah, I just had a friend invite me to, like, um, a group of ladies from DC Comics because I was already planning on doing that costume. Um, I'm doing Stephanie Brown Batgirl, and I'm, like, super excited about it. <laughs> and she was like, oh, we're doing a big group, so you want to join? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. So I only know, like, a handful of people in the group, but I'm super pumped to meet new people. So, it, yeah, just the more you get in the community, too, the more cosplayers you meet, the more people and more opportunities you'll have, too. Sure. I mean, when you're talking about opportunities, um, I know that the pair of you do have uh, your own websites, uh, the way you uh, uh, you post pictures, you talk about uh, cosplay uh, on your own uh, individual uh, site. I mean, was there? Was, when would, did you think that there was that moment when it be stopped? Well, not stopped becoming a uh, a hobby as such, but came more like a career, something that you could. Um, um, establish your name and your as a brand, as it were. Was there any kind of moment where you just suddenly went, I can, I can make a career out of this? Well, for me, um, I think this might be an easier question for me because it's not my career. Uh, I don't make any money from it. I don't have any sponsorships. I mean, that would be amazing if anyone wants to give me a free wig or something. Like that would be incredible. But I don't sell prints. I um, don't do commissions. Like all that stuff that other people have found to make money doing cosplay. I don't feel comfortable doing that yet, and maybe in the future, if there's a demand or if I feel like I could make something of quality. Right now, my costumes are just hot glue and wishes, so maybe not. Um, <laughs> but I, I found a way. Like I was already blogging, and I started out and I was doing fashion blogging until I realized, like, I'm actually not that great at fashion. It was just the only thing I thought you could blog about, um, <laughs> and it's still an interest of mine, but it's not something that I primarily blog about anymore. Um, but I. I started blogging right around the time that I really started getting into cosplay again and going to conventions. And I met all these amazing geek girl bloggers who are like my friends now and we all support each other. And there were so many of them that had never cosplayed because like me, they were afraid to for one reason or another. They felt like they couldn't. So I started just posting about, okay, well, here's how I made my costume. It was 
you know, I went to the thrift store and I got these things and I got my wig from here. And even if they're really simple costumes to me, it still helps someone out there. So I don't make money from it. It's more of a hobby, but I like being able to give what my friends have given me in the community online and offline and kind of give it back in some way. So I like to encourage people. I like to, you know, tell whatever secrets I've come across, even if it's not stuff that I feel like is actually a secret, I still have more experience than the person who's beginning. So if I can give that to somebody, then that's what I try to do. So I'm, I like the term Yaya Han uses, even though she does profit from it, um, because she says she's an ambassador of cosplay. I really like just sharing the love, telling anyone that they can do it, and proving that in my examples. So that's more what I do with it. Well, I think the first, uh, I mean, the first time I actually came across uh, Yaya Han was um, was actually the first year I went to San Diego Comic-Con, uh, because I worked as a volunteer, and I was assigned to the um, how-to room, and she was actually on stage talking about <laughs> cosplay to a room, or I don't know if either of you two were in the room that day, um, but uh, she was very much talking about um, the the relationship between cosplayers and people who don't cosplay. And uh, she saw it as her own personal mission to kind of talk about that to people who not only cosplay but don't cosplay because she felt that there was still some kind of <laughs> divide and a gap between the two, um, which I, I found interesting. It was the first time I, I met her. I, I didn't get the chance to, uh, uh, to talk to her, and I really... Wish I had it done, uh, done at the time, but um, so Yaya is obviously someone who um, earns from uh, cosplaying. I mean, do you sell prints as well, Angie, or is well, it still also a, a self-contained thing for yourself as well? I uh, I I still call cosplay my hobby. I have found some ways to make money on the side through cosplay, um, and I it is not my career. I, I don't really see it becoming my career, and I'm not really working towards it becoming my career, but um, it is a useful tool for making some money on the side. And um, I have just recently started up a Patreon account to try and get you know support from my followers to help me fund my costumes, because cosplay is expensive. I mean, the average costume for me can cost anywhere from 100 to $500 to make. And that, that's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And... I do have a full-time job. I work as a receptionist. You know, I make, like, $13 an hour. So, like, by the time I'm done paying my rent and my power bill and my internet bill and my phone bill and my student loan, you know, I've got, like, $65 every two weeks to live off of. You know, and then I do cosplay. And that's sure. it's one of the things that I, I think a lot of people don't really realize is, yeah, cosplay is a hobby, but it's a very expensive one. Mm -hmm. And... You know, it's it's great that there are so many people supporting the community now that, like, you know, maybe can't cosplay or, or don't or just want to support creative people who are eager to help someone like Mia and myself, you know, keep doing what we love and, and keep creating these costumes. Um, as a career, uh, I started selling prints when I first started, and it was one of those kind of misconceptions that I just, like, I thought I was supposed to because that's what cosplay had become, was everybody had print yeah. stores, and everybody had Facebook pages, and everybody had lots of likes, and I was like, well, that's what I'm supposed to do as a cosplayer now, because that's what cosplay is. <laughs> I have sold maybe three prints since I started selling prints. I do not recommend it to anyone. Like, so many people come to me, and they're like, I just started cosplaying, and I started my fan page, and I, you know, wanted to get prints, and I was just wondering if you could, like, give me some recommendations, and I'm like, I recommend not getting prints, because no <laughs> one's going to buy them. 
You're not Jessica Negri. You're not Yaya Han. You're not Vampy. No one wants your prints. And I, I hate to be that blunt, but I'm like, it's it's just a fact. Like, well, I and I've heard from a lot of my friends, too. Nobody cares. What's the yeah. kind of and I've heard from people, too, that it costs more money to get the, the shop started because a lot of times you have to buy in bulk, so you end up losing money. So, And it sounds like such a great way to finance your hobby, but unless you have, like, hundreds of thousands of people following you, you're probably not going to have enough that are interested. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that's what was another question. I mean, what's the kind of percentage of, I mean, those, uh, the people that do kind of, the, the yaya hands of the world? I mean, is it kind of a real kind of like a 1% kind of? And Absolutely. What, what, what's the um, the attitude of you know, the, the cosplay community of people who um, make money out of it? <laughs> Oh, that's a that tricky I question. <laughs> Sorry to put the polls on you there. That's a difficult question that you're asking. I, I think it's just hard to answer because, you know, I think from what I know about what Angie said and, like, her work and stuff today, uh, I don't think we have a problem with it because if you're going to monetize your hobby, like, go for it. And if you can find people to buy your prints, that's awesome. And if you're a guest at conventions, great for you. Like, I'm all for that. Like, I look up to Yaya as a cosplayer because her work is beautiful and as a businesswoman because she's managed to make something that wasn't a career into a career. So, like, that's amazing. But I think a lot of people have a problem with it because they they kind of get this idea that maybe they don't deserve it and I deserve it because my work is better. Or, you know, if they're not a cosplayer, they're just like, I don't get why we're, like, people are worshipping cosplayers or, like, whatever. Like, they get kind of uh, mad about it, and yeah, I just they're, don't they're, see the reason no, to. They're, because... no cos- they're no longer cosplayers; they're fashion models. Right. Well, but that's they're, not they're, always they're, true. There's a, there's, a, I mean... there's, a, there's a business end there now. Yeah, yeah. and I like. I agree. It does yeah. seem like there there are a lot of people on the outside who, you know, aren't cosplayers and and can't really look at it from the way that you and I can. Of like, you know, what more power to her. She found a way to turn her hobby into a career that's fantastic. Um, it doesn't sound like a fun career to me. I mean, like, <laughs> she travels every weekend and still makes new costumes for almost every con. Like, that sounds like my personal hell. I barely make the costumes I promise I would make myself. So, like, yeah, I don't know. Good for her. <laughs> comes in when people of that status have bad attitudes towards people who aren't at that status. Sure. And I, I feel like I feel like there's become this sort of elitism, and it's one of the issues that I have with, you know, the concept of fan pages and like worrying so much about your followers. Is I feel like a, a lot of those bigger names, and this is just from my personal experience, and other people have had different experiences, and you know, whatever. I'm not saying one's better than the other, but I, I feel that a lot of people who have reached that point feel like it's not really worth their time to put any any effort towards people who are lower than their status. Because people who are lower than their status aren't going to help them forward their status. So why waste my time on them? They're they're just followers and they don't see us as equals. Yeah. And that really bothers me. I experienced that community, too. And I think it kind of destroys the concept of community. Yeah. No. And especially when people like that are going to sit there and be like, it's all a community and you should all respect everybody who cosplays. And like, even if your costume's not good, like, you still should be respectful. And like, they put in a lot of work. But then you go up to talk to them and they're like, oh my god, I'm so glad you're a fan. Thank you so much. Your costume is so cute. And I'm like, what? Oh, man. What the hell is your problem? Like, wow. And I've run okay. into that a little bit, too. And what's funny is, like, 
I mean, I haven't met all the like big cosplayers, the people that have a lot of fans that get invited to a lot of conventions, but it's always people that want to be that and are really like they try not to be transparent about it, but you can tell that that's why they would even talk to you is like, oh, you have a thousand followers on Twitter. Well, then I'll talk to you, but not if you have any fewer. And it's just to me, it comes across as really transparent and not genuine, but you're going to come across that in anything. And as soon as you can see people who are able to make a career out of it, who get some level of, like, internet fame, whatever, like, yeah, they would do that with anything. Cosplay is just another reason. But some of the most talented and nicest and, like, most professional quality work that I've seen is from cosplayers that don't even have a fan page, don't care about that, don't want to have any of that. And that's totally fine, too. Like, the only reason I started it is because I also blog, so it made sense to kind of put everything in one channel for people that want to see my work that's not, like, my personal life. And then it kind of took off from there. But, like, I'm not... I think, I think that's where it becomes where you're driven by passion for the for the thing rather mm-hmm. than kind of, like, knowing that there's a bill to pay or there's a, a website to maintain. I think I think that's and the difference. I think that's where, yeah. Okay. The problem I've seen kind of coming into the cosplay community these days is that there are those few people that have reached that level of fame and now people are coming into the community and going, oh my god, I can be famous on the internet. Well, and well not, not even on the internet. Not even on the internet anymore. You've also got the Heroes of Cosplay um, yeah. TV show over in the US, no, which I we, we don't get here in the UK. I've not even seen an episode. I'd love to, <laughs> well, I haven't seen an episode either, so... Too much drama. Yeah, um, yeah but like... Oh, sorry, I was, just, I was going to uh, jump in with Alyssa just to see if there's any questions uh, that's come from the forum. Um, not so. I I actually don't have the forum up at this point. (laughs) I know. Well, I was looking at pictures and trying to post stuff, and and I'll check in a moment. Um, one of the things that you guys were talking about about the um the people who at the at the pinnacle who are making money off have found a way of making money off of this is so reminiscent of of all other creative professions. The musician that that makes it you know, versus all of the other people in his local, small local town who didn't, you know, and all the backbiting that goes on because of that. And, you know, it, rock climbing is the same way. And it is so just human nature to tear people down who have found a way of monetizing their passion. Um, so it's, it's, it's understandable and it's annoying and, but it's a, it's, it comes along with it. But then again, there's the flip side where the, the famous people will only talk to you if you're, if you're, um, some big person, which is annoying. They've forgotten where they came from, which is a mistake on my, in, as far as I can see. Sure. So, I, I, that, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, okay. Um, there's something that I wanted to bring up, and I don't want this to, because uh, I think I mentioned this in the uh, email when we were setting up this conversation. I don't want you to feel uh, like I'm ambushing, okay? This is. <laughs> can you see the red lights coming? Okay. So <laughs> right. Um, this is about um, a post that went up at the beginning of. Oh, sorry, uh, beginning of last year, and this was from Denise Doran. We tried to get Denise on the Hangout throughout the course of last year, and she just kind of, she posted this post regarding um, how she felt that conventions were now not about the business of um, interacting with the artists involved, but it was becoming more like um, a gathering of fan 
communities, including cosplayers, and the, the cosplayers and fan communities were kind of getting in the way of the commerce, as it were, the interaction between people and the artists attending cons, especially those who are having to financially come out of uh, pocket to actually attend these uh, uh, cons. What was the kind of reaction of the community of cosplayers when that post went up? I mean, are, are you aware of this post? I am. Okay. I, I am absolutely aware of that post, and I... <laughs> the 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 response of the cosplay community was very antagonistic towards Denise. I remember um, pe- people were not very happy about that thought. Um, cosplayers got very defensive, uh, very antagonistic towards her, and, and people people were they they felt attacked. They felt very sure. you know upset and hurt. Um, I'll I'll be honest because this is this is an honest community. Oh yes. I agreed with her, and I I hate to be that person that's like the one cosplayer that was like I mean guys like I I try because I I am also an artist. I I draw. I used to want to be a a comic book artist and an illustrator. You know, I animation is my passion. I absolutely love it. I want to work in that community. Like comic books and animation is. is the direction that I want my life to go in. And I always, 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 even though I cosplay and I'm, I am predominantly there to show off my new costumes, I always go to Artist Alley. I try to find a new artist and support them and buy a print from someone to support that community. And I, I meet some of my idols I've met at conventions because the, these creators are there, these animators and these comic book artists that literally created the things that I'm cosplaying. You know, and I'm clearly I love those characters enough to be cosplaying them. Like it, it means a lot to me that I'm able to go meet those people, and it devastates me that a lot of them are commenting like it's just not worth it for me to go to conventions anymore because it's so expensive, and you know the the general population at conventions these days doesn't seem to want you know, to, to care that I'm there, so what's the point of me going, you know, and I have a lot of friends who work in the comic book industry who are like, I mean, they're offering what used to be, they used to offer a lot of, like, free passes to those comic book creators and give them booths that were in, you know, big, well-displayed areas where people could easily come and meet them. They're now giving those booths to cosplayers, and making these comic book creators pay. And they're like, well, I created the characters that these people are dressing up as. Like, that makes me feel kind of shitty that yeah. I'm not important anymore, even though these cosplayers literally wouldn't exist without me. Yeah. And it, it, it upsets me, and it hurts me, because I, I, don't, I don't like seeing, you know, conventions kind of move away from that. Like, San Diego Comic-Con used to be an outlet for wannabe comic book creators to go and meet other comic book creators and get their portfolio viewed, you know, and, and, and potentially get jobs in the industry. And I went by the portfolio area last year, I remember, and I saw three people waiting there. That was it. Wow. I saw three people waiting in that area and I was heartbroken. I was absolutely heartbroken because I was like, I cannot believe that this is just, like, this is supposed to be this amazing outlet for these creative people, and they just, nobody cares anymore. 
and it's it's devastating to me. Well, I, and I, I don't think that cosplay has completely destroyed. <laughs> I, I don't want to say that like cosplayers have ruined it and we all suck, but like you know, I I do feel that the level of importance that has been put on cosplay and on cosplayers has m- moved that away a bit. I I kind of disagree with what like. I get where the woman who wrote the article is coming from. I agree that it's changed since it used to be, and it sucks that a lot of artists aren't able to make the money that they were initially making. But I think the problem is more with the new model of comic cons rather than the cosplayers distracting from it. Like, I'm not really a fan of really commercialized, I mean, other than SCCC, which I go to because I love commercialism. But, like, Wizard World and cons like that, I'm not actually a huge fan because they tend to they don't feel like the fan-run cons that I'm used to where I do care about the creators. Like, if you're charging me 150 bucks for an autograph and if I bring my own thing, it's another 100 bucks just so that I can have five minutes with the creator, like, that's not the environment that I want. And I think that's more the convention structure than cosplayers, but I agree that cosplayers have probably contributed to that changing. And I do agree with you that I think the um, creators should be given priority over cosplayers because we wouldn't exist without them. And it's really well, I mean, a show of fandom. I know that the post also covered the uh, the idea that um, oh, there was a lot of um, friction about the fact that um, conventions were paying cosplay paying cosplayers to attend the cons, um, and that they they were feeling uh, so. Hang on, how come they're getting paid to come? Which is okay. It's attract. I mean, there's obviously that um, the old school media coverage where oh people come to Comic Con and look at the weird people getting dressed up and you know so like that that kind of so like local news coverage so like nonsense where you kind of like there's people who are just standing in front of a camera that obviously don't have a clue about conventions, cosplayers, artists. They're there to obviously just and they're just distracted by the person dressed as Wonder Woman over there. Um I, I, I think the, the one of the cruxes of um, Denise's post was it was also about that sense that um, the money was getting shifted away from the artists and going somewhere else when they really I mean they, they were they're coming out of pocket just to attend and yeah it, it is I, I, I also agreed with Denise with a number of points but um, I'm a big supporter of the cosplay community because I think it's it's an essential. Um, part of the character of a convention. So um, it was. I just it, think it, that um, I mean, I think changing the budget so cosplayers get compensated is not necessarily a bad thing. I think maybe the creators, and I could be totally wrong about all this, but maybe they need to request more too. Like if they're mad that cosplayers are getting paid to attend, maybe they should be like, especially the ones that have a little more pull that are bigger rather than the indie creators or whatever that feel like they can't, they should push for better treatment as well. They should say, hey, we deserve to get paid for our work too. I mean, I just think it's it's a bigger well, problem. I don't think it's merely caused I by I think cost that's cost. kind of the problem and, and kind of what Denise was kind of saying is like, you know, comic book creators have been pushing to get more compensation and then the cosplayers are the ones that get it, sometimes without even asking. And the comic book creators, again, because I'm friends with a lot of comic book creators, so I, I, I get their side a lot, you know. Um, and they, they feel like they ask and they try to push for it, and then they, they don't get it. And they're like, okay, well, now you've made me feel like you don't want me there, 
you know, yeah. and, and you don't really care if I come or not, which makes me feel kind of shitty because I'm literally the reason that this convention exists. And you just perhaps you if the if the convention could find a different model for for cosplayers and keep them. I hate to say this because it sounds kind of yucky, but keep them out of Artist Alley and create an area within the convention for cosplayers. So I actually, it, I actually suggested this as one of the first. <laughs> excuse me. Oh, good grief. <coughs> one of the Don't first, die. Uh, I, I'm trying my best not to. I really am. <laughs> um, one of the first um, posts that I ever did on, um, I think, the Friends of CCI.com forum was uh, a suggestion on the Saturday, because they don't use Ballroom 20, um, to clear some of the seats away and have a dedicated photography section so people could have high-quality photographers taking shots of cosplayers. And the mm-hmm. cosplaying community came out of the woodwork at me and just went, but we don't want to be put away into a room somewhere. We would like to walk the floor and have people see what I've done. So... But- not, I mean that the way that you put that doesn't even sound like oh shove all the cosplayers in a room. <laughs> anime Expo where they have a, a set up area with sets, and yeah. you know they have photographers will kind of circulate in that area, and you can go and pick out a set and take pictures there. And I think that that would be especially if San Diego is moving in the direction that they want more cosplayers to come. I think that would be a great appeal. That, like, yeah. on a certain day, you've got this huge room that's dedicated to photo shoots. And that doesn't mean cosplayers have to stay in this room. <laughs> that means we're if you want you to in, get photos of your costume, you can you go to this here. area. Yeah. We're going to put you in here. By the way, the doors are closed just for health and safety. Don't worry about it. At a convention yeah. that I go to uh, in Dallas, it's well, it was Dallas Comic Con, and then they were bought out by Fan Expo, so I think it's called Fan Expo Dallas now, but, like, they have, like, three events a year now, so I have no idea which is which anymore. Um, but they have started, the cosplay community up there has started a um, cosplayer hideaway, which is, like, a little area. It's just a room that they weren't using already, um, and it's mm-hmm. set up by volunteers in the cosplay community, and it's got, like, a repair station and a private area for changing and water bottles and first aid and hot glue, so if any part of your costume breaks or you get injured or you just don't want to be photographed, because especially if you're in a wildly popular costume, you can't even walk a foot without getting stopped, and sometimes you just want to sit down or eat or drink water or, you know, take care of your basic self. And um, that's been a really great idea, too, because there's a lot of cosplayers in the Dallas community or in the Texas community that are just so good, and they have a lot of fans, so I feel intimidated, like, oh, can I talk to them? What kind of person are they going to be? And as soon as they launched this hideaway, I was, like, making friends with all these people that I had admired online because we're just hanging Mm -hmm. out, and it's, like, a great equalizer. So I think um, something like that is a good idea, like, just more emphasis on the community part. I agree that sometimes if people are guests, it's a little tricky, but I don't think that it's a problem to have them as guests. I don't know. The, like, the, like a maintenance garage. The situation that I was particularly um, frustrated with was when they had a very famous cosplayer who, of course, I don't remember her name. <laughs> so uh, famous, at t- I don't even remember. <laughs> at a table next to Stan Sake and Sergio Agredius. I'm mispronouncing his last name. Two very famous comic creators, old school, lots of fans, 
And all of the cosplay people were totally blocking their tables. I mean, it made no sense to put a famous cosplayer next to two old people. <laughs> and I think that that's kind of what I'm talking about. It is not removing them, so to speak, to a, to a, a ballroom 20, but perhaps creating an area um, closer to Al- Artist Alley that was that did celebrate the cosplay and had a vendors for cosplay products and, and the thing is most conventions in my area are set up like that and you have because I mean most conventions have like the big artists you know the big name artists and they've got a section for like studios and then they've got a section for Artist Alley mm-hmm. and. Like, San Diego seems to be the only convention that I've attended that hasn't really figured out that, like, cosplay is its own thing and can have its own <laughs> section, too. Yeah. Well, and they do that in the, um, in the like, expo hall. I go to, they have their own section, and cos- yeah. all the big-name cosplayers are there, and there's, like, you know, cosplay groups and, like, communities and, and cosplay vendors, and, and they're, they all have their own area. Mm-hmm. And that, I feel like, is it's nice because it, it keeps that community together. And it allows each different section to have its own focus. And mm-hmm. that's how most cons I go to are organized, is like, especially the bigger ones. Like, I feel like SCCC should really have this together by now. But, um, I mean, if you even go into the dealer's room or the vendor's room or whatever it's called at whatever con, they're always separated by type. So if, if I'm looking to go see the new Warner Brothers booth, then I'm not going to be in the same place as people that are buying anime T-shirts. Like, it makes sense that cosplayers should be in a kind of different area. It's only the very small cons I go to, like especially small local anime cons, where if they have cosplay guests, they'll usually be in the artist alley among other people. But because they don't have like big name comic guests or like their industry guests are usually at panels or whatever, it's not a problem. So I don't know. I just think if it's organized properly, it's not a problem at all. And I think it's, it's a way of, I think there's got to be a way organized to kind of allow the various um, groups to just, to do what they need to do at a convention. I, I, I mean, I quite like the uh, the statement that uh, is coming on the Q&A. This is from Christopher Sully. Hello, Chris, how are you doing? Um, I like the idea of, of areas for pro-quality uh, photos with cosplayers. There was a mini version of this at Comic-Palooza. At, oh, I just said that completely wrong. Comic-Palooza <laughs> at Hu- Comic Palooza at Houston. Yes, it's English. I we invented this. Good grief. Um, <laughs> there was a mini version of this at Comic Palooza at Houston a couple of years ago. Yeah, I I, I just like the, I like the idea of because at least then it's not a case of being separated. It's allowing them to do what they need to do and do it slightly more efficiently and do it better. I, I, yeah. Okay. But, but do we perfect- notice? Oh, go on, Alyssa. <laughs> but we perfected it. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, we, 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 we copyrighted it right there. So yeah, okay, that makes sense. Fair enough. So D- David, if you're, paying att- if you're paying attention, twenty percent, dude. Twenty percent. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd say one of one of my favorite conventions that I've been to with the way that they handled cosplayers was. Hello. Um, Sorry, I'm being handed a fresh cup of tea. Last year. And what Anime Expo did was they had their they had their sales floor, and that's where their vendors were. That's where their like big artists were, voiceover talent, like that. That was their big area. And then they had a room that was set up for um, photo shoots, and that's where they had the photo area. They had a cosplay repair station. They had a little area, like uh, Mia mentioned at 
at her convention where, like, cosplayers just could just go rest. There was, like, a big blocked-off area, and it was like, if you need to just, like, chill out, you need to escape somewhere, feel safe, just come hang out. It's totally fine. And people didn't ask you for photos or anything if you went back in that area. Like, you just went, did your thing, and then you came out when you were ready. And right next to that area was where they had their big-name cosplay guests. And they all had their booths, and they had their prints, and you could take pictures with them. You could ask them to walk across over to a photo area if they were in a costume. If you were a photographer and wanted to take pictures, or you were just a fan and were like, I'm wearing a costume related to what you're wearing. Would you mind jumping over here and taking a picture? Like, it was just, it was a very, like, cosplay community-centric area. And it was sure. completely, completely different room than yeah. well, I mean, all of we've got We've got a comment here but from I Andrew English. Uh, saying MCM L- London Comic Con has Artist Alley at one end, uh, cosplay at the other, uh, with TV and game stuff in the middle. So, it, yeah, I mean, see, I exactly. Think, uh, that. And I didn't feel secluded at all. Like none of the cosplay yeah. guests that were there felt like they were being like alienated or like kept away from anybody. Like it just that that was our cosplay area, and everybody in that area understood cosplay, and we all got along, and it, it was great. I think yeah. a big problem just comes from. And this might not be as big of a problem for other cons, but I just know cons in Texas have this problem, especially comic or sci-fi cons, where they just book too many people, and then they don't seem to know where to put them. So they're so interested in getting guests that appeal to everybody. Like, I've seen cons that do wrestlers and cosplayers and, you know, Doctor Who people. Obviously, I'm not a fan, can you tell? (laughs) And, you know, whatever. And they just try to stick them all in the same place at the same time and the organization of the con itself is pretty poor. Like, I just think if there's cons that do it right, so it proves that it can be done. And it's, I feel like more of the problem falls on the convention than the cosplayers. Yeah. Fair enough. That that makes sense. I would totally agree with that. And especially with something like San Diego, because it's so big, you know, that like really anything that gets that big has a tendency to get a little cocky. And they're like, well, we've been doing it for this long, and we're so famous, and we know people are coming, so, like, we don't need to change anything. People are I mean, I think they, they, they're so bad about that. Like, not only do they have so many guests, but they have so many attendees. Like, I almost feel like I would have a better time at SCCC if they pared down. Like, I would even be okay if I didn't get a ticket if they had fewer people that were able to attend or something. I don't know. It's just, like, sometimes I wonder, like, I don't know. It's there's just so many people. I, I think the other thing that came out of my original post as well wasn't just a case of, oh, we, you're just trying to put us in a room on a zone. I think there was the other thing of, okay, so you're going to put, want to do a, a photography area for at Ballroom 20. Have you seen the thing I'm wearing? I've got to walk across an entire convention floor in this. <laughs> Are you out of your mind? And that was the other thing. that. Came like, out okay, so you don't have to go to Ballroom 20. <laughs> I mean, it's not a personal it's, attack against you, person. <laughs> oh, I, I, I get it a lot. Don't worry about it. Everything, <laughs> everything from the, everything from the accent to how many chins I've got. Um, but you're all, so nice, <laughs> and the accent is so pleasant, and I get it. I appreciate. It. Thank you. Uh, we'll wrap things up with just a couple of questions. Number one is I, I want to ask um, then how many. Well, number one is. Uh, so how intricate do you get in with your cosplay? Because um, one of our regular guests on The Hangout it does um, daily cosplay, uh, where she doesn't do so much costumes, but um, kind of uh, fashion that um, implies the uh, costume, as it were. So, for example, for Doctor Who, there will be... Um, it was mostly blue, uh, with a say, with a waistcoat with a uh, like a crisscross pattern, which would 
look like the windows perhaps. Um, so there's that level of cosplay all the way up to the kind of stuff you see at the masquerade uh, mm -hmm. where some people have really gone all out. Um, how far do you go with your cosplays? What's the kind of level would you say you, you aim for? Kind of depends on the character, to be honest. Um, the the thing for me is I I don't necessarily cosplay to challenge myself. I I, I don't necessarily have the funds to do really intricate costumes. Um, so I I stick within what I know I'm going to be able to do with my budget. Um, and I I cosplay characters that I care about. So if it's a character that I'm really passionate about or excited about, that's a more intricate costume. I I might push myself a little harder. But, you know, if it's like, like I, I love the Phoenix and I wanted to cosplay the Phoenix my whole life. So, like, that was, I mean, that costume cost me maybe, like, $30 in materials and I made it in, like, four hours. And it was, like, really easy. But it was a dream costume for me and it was awesome. And then, like, something like Astrid, I invested a lot of money and a lot of time and I had to learn new materials and I had to learn how to cast my own resin and how to work with foam wow. and how to distress stuff. And I, I didn't know any of that. But I loved the character so much, and I was so excited to do it with this amazing Hiccup cosplayer that I have that I was like, I'm just going to figure it out, and I'm going to do it. <laughs> and and that's that kind of it cool. for me. Is it's, it's not necessarily, you know, the, the challenge or like, oh, I want to enter the masquerade, so it's got to be something big and fancy. I'm just, it depends on what character is inspiring me at that time to, to push me to work on that costume. Because if I'm not inspired and I'm not excited about it, I'm not going to do it. Sure. Yeah. Have either either of you two been inspired to go in for the the masquerades? Um, I haven't. I think I've entered one costume contest, and it was because it was like a convention my university had, and it was its first time, and it was like a it was like a four hour convention. It was really tiny, and my <laughs> friend was running it, and he's like, "Please come in costume, please enter the contest." So that, I think that's the only time I've really entered. But um, I am in a group that's interested in entering at this year's Acon, which is like the one of the biggest anime conventions in the country and the biggest in Texas. And um, it's it's kind of weird because I'm doing Midna and I'm doing her imp form and I'm really excited about it. But as soon as they were like, "Oh yeah, we're interested in doing uh, the the costume contest because uh, you know there's we're doing a Hyrule Warriors group, so there's going to be like all this warbler and armor and crazy stuff that I don't know how to do." I was like, "Oh crap! I was planning on doing all these easy methods. Like maybe I should do some hard stuff." <laughs> but uh, I decided. Well, for one, I found out that they judge based on the most like the best costume. <laughs> And there's some amazing cosplayers in my group, so I'm cool. I'm totally cool with being the least good costume in my group. Um, <laughs> and I went ahead and like purchased the bodysuit, for example, instead of painting it on myself or sewing it myself like a crazy person. Um, but yeah, like I do, I do my costumes as intricately as it requires, but I also balance money and time and my personal skill level. So I like I can sew, but not that well. And if there's an opportunity, like this Midna bodysuit is a great example because she has all kinds of patterns on her and it's like multiple colors and I don't know, I've never sewn a bodysuit or with spandex in my life. I was like, okay, I can pay 50 bucks to just have China send me a bodysuit or I can spend about that <laughs> much on learn. materials and hope that I come up with a wearable bodysuit. I think I'm going to make China do it. So, you know, it's, it's a balance for me and I try to, do what I consider to be good quality costumes that are emphasizing the parts that I think are important without breaking the bank and without trying to 
I don't know if you've ever experienced this, Angie, but I have tried costumes that are harder than I am able to do because I'm like, oh, I want to challenge myself. And then I end up with wasted materials and, like, sad tears, and I'm just like, okay, well, I didn't even get the costume done. I guess I'll just do something easy. So I try to balance all of that. (laughs) Got a a number of costumes in my garbage can from experiments like that, and I'm like, (laughs) I get to a point where I'm like, I have spent $100 on this, and I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm yeah, done. I have nothing to show for it. Maybe it's time to move on. But I, I, think, I think it's also an element of... Um, it, I think it's also an element of um, practicality about what you... Like you say, what you can um, do as you, uh, as a cosplayer. I mean, considering that um, uh, one... I, I don't. I haven't cosplayed myself, but um, the missus has um, attempted to try and get me to cosplay at Comic-Con. Uh, she wants to dress up as Han Solo, and she wants me to dress up as Chewbacca. If Love she it. Thinks, no, no, no. <laughs> if she thinks I'm going to get into a full-body hairy suit that is going <laughs> to, as an Englishman, wandering through California's temperatures, it ain't happening. It's not <laughs> happening. Cause okay, that's that, hilarious, that, though, that, because San Diego me, is my coolest convention of the year. <laughs> like all of my cons are 100 degrees, so if I was to do like a hot costume, I would do it at San Diego. <laughs> oh my lord! Uh, I wore Astrid at San Diego last year, and I was like, within 30 minutes, I was dying. I was like, I hate this costume. I hate this character. I hate this movie. I don't want to wear this ever again. I am never coming back here. I was. San Diego is not a con that I do uncomfortable costumes at because there's too much walking involved, and um, I've gone. This will be my fourth year, and only once have I stayed in a hotel that's even remotely close to the convention center. And if you're in difficult shoes or special bras or shapewear, it's like you don't want to be in that all day. No, I I can can appreciate that. That it's like wearing Astrid at San Diego last year. I had people bumping into me and, like, knocking my shoulder pads off and shit. I'm like, Hi. Like I'm, people, I brought a hammer prop. That's, for, that's I yeah. think that's another thing that I mean. There's a whole <laughs> host of questions which we could really get into about how people treat cosplayers at conventions, um, interrupting them when they're obviously very busy and they demand that they want to have a picture taken. If you if you don't want a picture taken, why did you dress up like that? You know that whole relationship between attendees and cosplayers. That's a whole other conversation and quite Sounds frankly, like we should have a second a second um, hangout. We could possibly do a second <laughs> one on these and really yeah, that'd be oh, great. For sure. Listen I did have I a question to, oh. for for Angie. Are you gonna be at WonderCon Angie? Of course. Oh. Are you gonna enter the masquerade? No. Okay. They terrify me. The reason why I'm asking the reason why I'm asking is because um, my mom and dad, I'm bringing to WonderCon, they've never been to a con before, and <laughs> they love their artists, so I, I envision them just watch, wandering around watching all of the cosplayers, and I was wondering what you were going to dress up as. Um, I, uh... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, have, I have a weekend full of Frozen planned. <laughs> No, it's still my life. Um, I'm I'm gonna be doing. Uh, my best friend Caitlin and I are are doing a number of groups together, and we're doing uh, superhero Anna and Elsa. They're my own designs, and I'm really excited about them. Um, oh, that's on- so cool. 
Uh, Saturday, I'm supposed to be doing Anna and Elsa with my friend Tracy Hines. Um, we'll see if that happens, because she has not confirmed if she's going or not. Uh, so who knows what I'll be wearing Saturday. Uh, and then Sunday, I'm doing a group of um, the new designs for Anna and Elsa from the Frozen Fever short that's airing before Cinderella in May. Or in March. In March. Um, and I'll, I'll be wearing those with a friend of mine is doing her own version of Spring Jack Frost. Um, so since it's Easter Sunday, we're all going to be springtime uh, Frozen and, and Rise of the Guardians characters. So lots of Elsa. But, Basically, look for Elsa in the biggest wig, and that's me. <laughs> I'm, just loving, I'm just loving the grin on your face as you're describing these. You really are pumped for this. You really are. I'm so fantastic. excited. Elsa is my favorite character in the entire world, and I, I cannot wait to just be her for three days straight. It's going to be absolutely <laughs> Well, this is, this is where I could just upset everybody by saying that Tangled beats Frozen, but we'll let that slide. I hate to say this, but I I mean, I don't dislike Frozen, but I, I like Tangled. But I think it's mostly because I really like Rapunzel, and I want to cosplay her, so that probably colors. Although, when I was watching Frozen, I was like, look at these beautiful fabrics. I so want to cosplay this, but then... <laughs> Didn't happen. <laughs> I mean, I, I have a very personal connection to Frozen, um, which is why it's it's a very special movie for me. And I, I could get into that at a later time. I've written many <laughs> blogs. <laughs> it's literally the story of my life with my sister. Like, we, wow. we literally are Anna and Elsa. It's very personal to me. Aww. So I connected okay. with that movie on a much stronger <laughs> level than a lot of people did. And I, I understand that that probably is a lot of the reason why I, I love it so much. And when people are like, I don't really like Frozen, I'm like, I mean, you're allowed to have your opinion. <laughs> but if you like me, you kind of need to like Frozen or like at least acknowledge that it's a pretty decent movie because it's, it's literally my life. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was so, locked in a tower for 18 a, years, so I totally get that with Rapunzel. <laughs> On a personal level, then, uh, from the sounds of things, if you do come across Angie Viper at a convention, don't upset her because she apparently has some kind of special <laughs> abilities that will involve freezing you solid. So it's just don't, don't, ups, don't upset her. Don't, that's I mean, all I, I can I, I won't deny that. Uh, <laughs> excellent. I want to say thank you very much indeed to Angie and to Maya. Thank you very much indeed for your time. I know that we've run over the hour that we were talking about, but like, I mean, it's such a big topic, and that's the reason why I wanted to do a hangout just about cosplay. So thank you very much indeed for your time. It was my pleasure. This was a yeah, lot of fun. Thank you. This was great. Brilliant. I think we may do, like I say, we might do a second one, certainly about the relationship uh, between cosplayers and attendees, because I think we... We we touched on it, but I think there's so much more that we could talk about. Um, comments that have come in on the Q&A. Um, this is from uh, Desiree Janelle. Uh, Even though cosplay is pricey, you can make a costume at your own budget. And this is the other thing that we could have didn't talk about, which is how you can really get into um, cosplaying in the first place. Uh, I made my own Spider-Gwen cosplay from two morph suits, and it was a challenge to sew spandex together, but definitely an experience I have learned from. Oh, the joys of cosplay. Here's a personal request. Can we please have lots and lots of Spider-Gwens? Because that is my favorite, it is my favorite character design in comics for at Your least a decade. Your design is amazing. I it's beautiful. No, I love it. I love it. I love it so much. Excellent. Also, hi. Hi, Desi. Yeah. And also, oh no, absolutely. And also, uh, Angela Copley. I did Rapunzel. 
uh, in retirement at DragonCon, complete with tiara and princess tracksuit. <laughs> oh my that's god, that's love it! Please, I love um, crossovers post. or anything funny like that. Like there was a retired Batman at SCCC, and it was the funniest yes. thing. He just had a sign that was like, "Don't bug me, I'm retired," and he had like a paper, and oh my god, it was so funny. I love I'm him. I have a friend who says that at San Diego every year is Link, and he sits and he actually plays the ocarina. So he'll sit out in the grass with his, he's got a broken shield and a little, like, treasure chest and a sign that says, like, shield broken, please help. And he'll just sit there and play his ocarina dressed as Link. And I'm like, I love you so much. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Is that, does he get tips? Because there's another way to make money with cosplay, right? <laughs> yeah, there is. There is. Fun tips. Excellent. Well, thank you very much indeed for your time. Um, we'll very quickly cover one or two things. I mean, I don't know if you two want to get off and do other things. No. With you, okay. we're just going to. Oh, okay. We'll just uh, wrap, wrap up with one or two things. Um, I know that um, Alyssa wanted to talk about uh, some things that happened this week with comics. Uh, um, well, I, well, I it it seems anticlimactic after after the wonderful talk of cosplay. Um, I was just I found an extra long box in my basement that I had never gone through, and managed to. Um, it, it had a bunch of X, X comics in it. So X, a whole bunch of key issues for X Factor and um, uh, X Force and and all of that that I that I just found in all of in all of my thing. And all the comic collectors out there will will you know be be. <laughs> um, I don't know. Oh, I can't really see. It's yeah, all it's glossy. Shining, shining off the uh, the covers. Anyway, I found a bunch of that stuff, but it reminded me that now is the time since cons are starting to uh, put their guest lists out. If you have a bunch of stuff that you want to get signed, uh, start a short box. And when when they're announced, just take the books that you're want that you're thinking about having signed and put them in that short box. That way, they'll be ready to go before you get to con, and you can get them slide, signed and CGC. Um, so th- that was my tip of the week. <laughs> no, that, that makes perfect sense. Um, I have got a couple. I mean, I'm trying to get hold of a number of the variants for the Star Wars run, uh, which I'm going to try and bring over and get those signed up because. Uh, no, absolutely. That's a, a great tip. Thank you very much indeed. Um, we'll very quickly finish up then on the draw. Uh, this is um, off the back of the T-shirt um, competition that we ran last week. This is from Dark Bunny Tees. Um, we gave away three T-shirts plus three promo codes actually on the Hangout Live last week. But um, people who do listen to the Hangout after the event we wanted to give them a chance to win as well. So we've got ourselves, all the people that entered in the Hangout during the actual live show, and also a whole bunch of people who entered over the last seven days. So thank you very much indeed for uh, listening in on the, the Hangouts, on SoundCloud, on iTunes. Once again, if you could support us by um, subscribing and commenting, it does help us out with uh, making uh, our profile a little bit bigger, especially on the iTunes one, so please do jump in on that. However, we've got ourselves three promo codes worth 18 uh, pounds, uh, 18 English pounds each. It kind of works out at the uh, cost of one of the T-shirts. So you've got yourself a T-shirt and you can kind of choose and pick and choose 
from the Dark Bunny Tees website. So I'm going to draw the um, three numbers now with my random number generator. So <laughs> here we go. These are the three numbers then. And I've got myself some names. So um, these are the Twitter handles. I'm going to get hold of the people. Uh, this is Jerled. You're a winner. Congratulations. Uh, we've got ourselves Angela Copley, who's um, been uh, <laughs> jumping in on the Q&A. Fantastic. Congratulations, Angela. You're a winner of the um, one of the promo codes. And also oh, Neil and Neil Williamson as well, um, who's also um, a regular of the Hangout. Um, thank you very much indeed. Congratulations. You're winners of the Dark Bunny Tees promo codes. We'll get in contact with you and get them through as soon as we possibly can. So there we go. That's been our Hangout this week. I think it's safe to say there's still plenty we could talk about when it comes to cosplay, and I think we'll do a second one of these as we get closer to um, Comic-Con 2015. Obviously, um, I am still kind of hoping that we are going to be having open online registration news this week. If anything, so we could please have the hashtag Valentine's Day Massacre. Please, <laughs> can we have that? Please, that, that, that would just be perfect. It's copyrighted to Neil, but I'm claiming it, just so we can have it. That'd be brilliant. But like um, Alyssa has said, we um, are still getting news from Pro, and that's something we kind of glossed over as well, that um, Pro registration, to get their badges and for the people that are going along with them, they are getting introduced into the waiting room, which we as attendees are uh, now familiar with. They are now having to do that as well. So Comic-Con are doing their best to just shave down every kind of uh, loose badge they can just to get them in the hands of attendees who can pay and come come to, to San Diego. So it's all fun and games. Obviously, we'll keep our eyes on that. Do follow our Twitters. and uh, You can follow me at EnglishmanSDCC, or you can also tweet about the Hangout and everything that we've been discussing uh, over the last uh, hour and a bit on CupOTSDCC. So please do um, jump in on that. Where can people find you, Alyssa? Uh, on the forum at friendsofcci.com forward slash forum. Brilliant. Thank you very much indeed for joining us, Alyssa. And where can people find you, Angie? Um, best, I best, best, best places on, to find you. <laughs> I am on uh, pretty much every form of social media under Angie Viper, A-N-G-I Viper like the snake. Um, so I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, Spotify, <laughs> cosplay.com, uh, cospix.net, like literally anything that you can think of where you might find a cosplayer, I'm there under Angie Viper. And you're welcome and also, to follow me on any or all of them. <laughs> and all the way down the bottom of the pecking order where there's um, an absolute... Um, dearth of activity and no one takes part is of course Google Plus as well. You can find Angie on there as well. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I did quite like that as well, where someone actually posted a, a uh, post about, oh yes, um, it's a, a complete wasteland. I said, oh really? Do you want to try and tell my seventeen thousand followers? Cheers. Um, <laughs> that was uh, cool. Um, and where can people where can people find you, Mia? Um, I am on pretty much anything as XO Mia Moore. So Twitter, especially, I'm active on that. Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, all of that. And if you want to see my blog, which has my costumes, tutorials, um, all kinds of stuff about living the geek life, it is XOMia.com. Excellent. Uh, one other person that I wanted to very quickly mention is the person 
um, that was doing the daily cosplay. Uh, that's Megan Gotch from the. Oh, I love Megan. She's I great. love her so much. There you go. I did ask if she could join us, but no, um, she's a little bit busy today, so unfortunately she couldn't. Again. Next time, she'll come next, next time. time. Do jump on thenerdygirly.com and check out her daily cosplay uh, blog. Yes. She's, it's very, very she's cool. amazing. Excellent. Thank you very much indeed for your time. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Go on, bugger off and do whatever else you need to do. Um, we're back again next Sunday, um, 10 a.m. Um, on the West Coast, 1 p.m. on the East, and 6 p.m. here in the U.K. for another cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. Thank you very much indeed, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.